Friday, and welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, a weekly, no-fluff, data first roundup of interesting news and trends about mobile apps and games. This is Ariel from App Figures, broadcasting from sunny New York City, and I have five highlights for you today. First, Spotify, or the green monster as I called it this week. The success of Clubhouse, the audio-only social network that got popular earlier in the year, and the one that I've been talking about non-stop since, hasn't gone unnoticed. Last week, Spotify released an app that's pretty much a direct clone of Clubhouse, but has a green theme, hence the green monster. It's aptly called Green Room, uh, which I accidentally called Green House on Twitter last week because I was thinking Clubhouse and green, it's Greenhouse. Not really. But clone or not, I was expecting a big name like Spotify to draw a lot of attention to anything new it releases. So let's see just how well it did. It didn't do that well. <laughs> so, so that's just a hint. So I, I expected a lot more from Spotify. Downloads in the App Store peaked at 12.7 thousand last Thursday. That was kind of the big day for this. And declined sharply right after, according to our app intelligence. We estimate that between 6.16, which is when this all started, and 6.22, which was Tuesday of this week, Spotify Greenroom saw a total of 47,000 downloads in the App Store globally. Now, I'm only looking at the App Store because the Android version is still in private beta and we don't have any sort of estimates on it. So I'll know more about that in the future. I'm also curious why they launched the iOS app first and not the Android app and the iOS app at the same time. I think that's a lesson that they could have learned from, from Clubhouse, but I don't know, maybe that's a marketing thing. Who knows? Now, I, I find this launch interesting not only because I've been following Clubhouse for the last few months, but also because I expected that competing with it won't be too hard. Ultimately, it's most of the audio that it's doing under the hood comes from an SDK from a third party, and the app itself doesn't really have that much to it. And Spotify's green, green room, I almost said greenhouse, um, looks exactly the same. It operates the same way. Everything about it is the same except for the green theme. And Spotify has a much larger audience, so when they send an email saying we have this new thing, you'd expect that everyone would flock to it. Um, but that didn't happen. And the reason is because everyone's already on Clubhouse. Twitter had kind of the same experience when they launched Spaces not too long ago, and it was kind of lackluster. So it's not just Spotify. I think at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, whether you think audio is a good thing or not, the first mover advantage, which Clubhouse had has, is really what's winning here. People who were not really um, ready or even knew that this could be a thing kind of got on the Clubhouse bandwagon, and after that, that's pretty much it. That's all they know when it comes to audio. They're not going to go seeking a new thing. The content they want, the people they want, everything's already on it. So I think that's going to be very difficult for Spotify, for Facebook, for Twitter to compete with, and that was a really good bet made by Andreessen, who invested early on, and I thought that was a, I thought it was a joke in the beginning. I guess I was wrong. <laughs> Now, I don't know where Clubhouse is heading, but if you ask me, making money for itself and for its creators is really the name of the game. It's not about competition. It's about keeping the people on your platform happy. And if we look at Twitch and TikTok, that's exactly what's happening in this particular industry. So I expect to see some sort of uh, monetization model for creators on Clubhouse coming um, seriously very soon. They've talked about this. And so I know this is coming, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do it. Next up is travel. Travel is continuing to pick up steam and return to pre-pandemic trends. This week, flight and hotel booking app Hopper hit the most downloads in a single day this year, and also the number two place in its category, just below Uber, which is not exactly comparable. Downloads, which have been grown steadily for the last few months, hit 49,000 last Tuesday in a single day. 
beating its last high of 48,000 in a single day in April. Pre-pandemic, Hopper's best day of downloads in April of 2019 added 66,000 new users to the platform after a very long climb. The good news is that the growth trend over the last few months looks almost identical to the trend that led to the peak in 2019, which to me signals the ad budgets are back and the demand is growing to really near normal rates now, which is good news for everyone, the entire industry from airlines to hotels to restaurants and really everyone else who's involved in the out-of-home experience. The trend has to grow and fast because that's just how it was pre-pandemic. And even though many of us are now more comfortable with doing more things remotely, it's unlikely that remote will replace in real life anytime soon. Are you watching soccer right now? You might be. Year 2020, which is playing in 2021, kicked off last week. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that apps for sports are in high demand these days. And I talk about it pretty often. Just how much demand, you ask? Well, let's look at the downloads for the official Year 2020 app. Demand for the app started in late May as fans were getting ready for the first game, which played just a little over a week ago on June 11th. On that game day, downloads reached 200,000 globally, according to our estimates. And that was a Friday. The weekend continued to deliver for UEFA, the organizer of the game, with 237,000 and 235,000 downloads on Saturday and Sunday. Our estimates show that since the beginning of May, new downloads have totaled 2.9 million, almost 3 million downloads by soccer fans all around the world. About 58% of those came in through Google Play and the rest through the App Store. If you weren't sure before, this should make it very clear. Sports fans have gone digital. I don't know why I need to say this, but I think we have waited for this. We knew this would happen. And now we're seeing it play out in the real world. I can't wait for the World Cup and seeing how that would change now that we have, now that there's so much demand for apps. Did you buy anything on sale this Prime Day? Amazon's annual Prime Day took place earlier in the week. And looking at downloads, we can tell that Amazon certainly still got it. On Monday and Tuesday, Prime Day 2021, Amazon saw a bump of 43% in downloads globally across the App Store and Google Play, according to our estimates. In those two days, downloads exceeded 700,000 from iPhones and Androids all over the world, but not including India. I took out India because Prime Day didn't actually happen in India this year. Amazon canceled it because of COVID. Um, I took it out also because it's Amazon's largest market of downloads by far. And so leaving it in would just skew things and make the increase not look as big as it is. Now, why is this important? 700,000 new users is actually higher than the last two Prime Days in 2019 and 2020, and comes after a year where pretty much everyone moved much of their purchasing online because of the pandemic, and a lot of that went to Amazon. So as I would imagine that the market would be so saturated, we wouldn't see new downloads, we just see more usage of the app. Um, but no. It was actually more, and that's why I think it's important, and that's why I say Amazon still got it. Now, back in 2018, Amazon had its most successful Prime Day in downloads, adding a little over 800,000 downloads in two days. But one, that's not that much more in the grand scheme of things. And two, that was with a lot of ads running during the World Cup and seemingly an endless ad budget. So that's not the case this time, and yet we're still seeing this growth. If you wrote growth off for Amazon because of market saturation, you might want to reconsider that. I know I am. Last for this week is banking. Banking is traditionally boring and not something many of us want to think about, but rather something we kind of need to do. You can see that in how mobile banking apps are built and how they're marketed. In recent years, we've seen a few mobile first slash mobile only services try to challenge that, but it was mostly an improvement on the traditional and not something completely different. Oxygen is trying to be different. 
And instead of selling features and benefits, the new, I want to say ish, because I've been around for a couple of years, Bank by App is trying to sell itself as a lifestyle choice. And it's targeting freelancers and small businesses, which is very interesting. I'm only interested in this because their downloads have gone up considerably over the last few days. They started growing um, actually just about a week ago, maybe a little bit more, and they went from just a few hundreds on a regular day to more than 12,000 this week in a single day, according to our estimates. And since it's a growth sprout, which began, I want to say last Thursday, Oxygen made its way to nearly 22,000 devices with iPhones beating out Android about two to one. The real question here isn't whether there's demand for this type of app, but rather if it can last. The ones before it didn't really last and it angered a lot of people and it made people not trust the bank by app. And if you have used any of those services, you know that after you after the service ended and you had to go back to regular banking, ah, why? And the question is, are people gonna do it again with Oxygen? I think that if you look at Oxygen's marketing, whether it's their website or their screenshots on the App Store, you can tell they're trying to do it differently. They're not selling a banking app that will give you features. Um, they're selling a lifestyle. You look at the pictures, you look at the, at the type of language, even looking at the fonts, you'll see that it's, it's a lot more than just an app that gives you um, no fees or an app that gives you something else. And so it's an interesting take on it, less service, more lifestyle. I'm curious to see what would come out of this and whether this can actually take off they do offer temporary credit cards, which I personally love. I think it's a great feature. I don't think it's enough to get more people to use the app, and that's probably why they're not marketing features, but rather marketing the idea of the lifestyle that comes with it. But it's a really nice to have. I wish Chase really had that. If anyone from Chase is listening, please add that to the app. And on this happy note, I'm going to say happy Friday. If you liked any of the insights in this week's episode and want to get them for any app that I didn't mention, head on to appfigures.com intelligence to get them for yourself. And if you enjoyed the episode, please tell your friends about it so they can subscribe and listen to it every Friday. See you next week.